0: Hey, hey, and welcome to the Short Stay Virtual Summit. It's my pleasure to welcome Naeem. He joins me from Zivu, the direct booking revolution. How are you doing? Thanks for joining me today, Naeem.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I'm doing great. Thanks a lot. Um, Things seem to be going not so well in the uh, wider picture, but I think once you start looking at details, there might be some positives that are coming out of this crisis and can help us all get out stronger on the other end.
0: I think that's, that's definitely true. There's always a positive and hopefully we're going to dive into some of those today. So first of all, tell us a little bit about you and a little bit about Zivu, how you got involved in this industry.
1: Sure. Uh, so I actually started off uh, with a property management company, a host basically managing for other um, hosts as well. Um, and then I went into leasing properties, um, as you called in the UK, to went to rental arbitrage if you've got people listening in the US. Uh, And as the business was expanding, I ran into the issue of um, systems and processes that uh, weren't quite in place, and we tried out different um, softwares that were on the market, and we looked at a lot of them, didn't find anything that quite met our needs, so that's how I ended up uh, deciding to start developing um, a software, which ended up being Zivu. We've been working on that for three years, and it just so happened that our launch was scheduled for late March, and as part of that launch, we also had Zibu Direct scheduled to launch, which is the free communal booking platform um, that everyone's free to join, no commissions. Um, and we're just trying to help the community uh, create that link between the host and the guests directly um, and give the host a bit more control over their own businesses.
0: Amazing. I am so excited to, to hear a little bit more about Zivu and I will definitely direct people to come and have a, a read towards the end of our, our time together today because it's definitely come from a different angle to anything else that you've seen before. So that's really exciting. But let's have a look, first of all, at what it is that you've actually been seeing in our industry so far. What are you hearing from short stay providers at the moment? What trends have you seen in terms of how they're handling things today?
1: So I think there is a much, of course, there's a lot of um, negatives that have come from the crisis. A lot of people have lost out on uh, revenue, both in terms of lack of bookings, but also the famous cancellations with force majeure clauses from OTAs and booking platforms, meaning that they're out of pocket from funds that they were expecting to receive. And unfortunately, we've had a few... Uh, of our clients as well who've um, either had to reduce their portfolio or have had to shut down completely. Um, but I think for the people who've been lucky enough to be able to keep going, um, the, everyone is starting to turn their attention more on risk reduction. And I guess the most obvious way of doing that is at looking up ways of getting more direct bookings um, to be able to own the guests themselves rather than through a middleman. Um, so we've seen a lot of interest um, on that side, I'd say
0: yeah most definitely it's it is it's it's really interesting to see that e- even in the past the the otas the listing sites they've they've always been a source of frustration for hosts mm. and they you know it's always been a slightly strained relationship i feel because of course there's no doesn't seem to be a single perfect solution they're in in a business we're in a business and we've got to find ways to work together but i do think that all of a sudden they have of course been a really big concern for short stay professionals it's just been a real shock i think that they've done such a big blanket cancellation of everything that's just just the knock-on effects of that are huge not just from the immediate side where you said people have gone out of business it's been very very difficult but from a trust perspective moving forwards people as you say are going to be looking for any any way not to work with them in the future can you actually see people trusting the listing sites moving forwards are people still going to stay there or what do you think is going to happen
1: Well, in my opinion, it's very difficult to um, be able to just survive off direct bookings, and I don't think it's something that I recommend anyone tries to just dump all the listing sites and OTAs and say, you know, as of tomorrow, I'm just gonna do direct bookings. Um, Obviously, distribution across many sites is something that um, is necessary. A lot of these are large companies. They've got massive marketing budgets. Um, What uh, myself and a lot of other people in the industry work on direct bookings and trying to promote direct bookings say is that we really need to make um, the OTAs work for us as hosts rather than the other way around. Um, So it's a question of how can we best make use of them when we need them and how we can control our businesses overall without being overly reliant on them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Really good advice. And so, when you see owners moving forward and they are wanting to start really focusing their efforts on their own marketing, where do you think they really should be doubling down in preparation for the post lockdown, hopefully, rush of bookings that
1: are coming our way? So, I think it's important to set up your website, of course, make sure that it's branded, make sure that it's It'll turn those lookers into bookers, um, make sure to uh, very clearly display what benefits there are for guests booking direct with you, and then ensuring that that site actually gets the clicks in the first place. So that obviously involves um, having adequate content on it, making sure that you can do everything to um, improve the SEO score, linking to local sites, asking if they'll um, link into your site if you link to theirs and all the, Usual things that help you with uh, ranking the site. Um, And doing it now rather than later to give the search engines like Google enough time to scrape your site and to start um, engaging with your site, basically. And of course, there's a lot to SEO. (laughs) I'm not a specialist in it, but I know that, for example, um, you know. Providing enough content on your site on a regular basis is important, so make sure you've got a blog, make sure you use that blog, make sure you do your keyword research and ensure that content on there is content that is of interest to potential bookers. So that also involves knowing who your potential bookers are, what their avatar is, what your target market is. Um, And obviously there's a lot of research and work to do behind that, so it's not just a case of setting up the website and sitting back. Yeah. You definitely need to treat it as, you know, as a staff member that you're training, as someone that you, uh, you need a budget to, to work with. Um, hopefully it'll be less than what you know, end up paying through the OTAs. Um, but it's not just for the financial considerations in the short term, is that what the cost for booking is, but, you know, about building up your, your site and building up something on your own land. And, rather than someone else's land for cases
0: such as these. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the way you've explained that, I think, is, is really, really key. You are building a business on somebody else's platform when you're using mm. the OTAs, if you are solely reliant on them. That's a really, really good point. It's it's the same if you're building a following on any social media, isn't it? You really want to make the, the pull. You want to bring them back to you or bring them into your world, out of the listing sites, out of social media, and bring them onto your own website or to take control mm. of the guest experience. From there on in, when a booking from one of those listing sites comes in, so that's perfect. Thank you.
1: And I think, sorry, so as you mentioned, social media, of course, is very important as well, and making sure that you're building up those funnels and are directing as much traffic as possible by being active on social media, by um, posting regularly, posting engaging content, um, by doing, you know, giveaways, freebies, whatever um, special deals that uh, you know, your existing guest base will be happy to share. And, um, keep uh, bringing more people in at the same time also working on collecting um marketing um gdpr compliant email database basically for direct marketing um, in the future from your existing guests and also from whatever guests you might have coming through um during this period
0: yes and that really ties in with bringing people off of those different platforms isn't it once they're once they're with mm-hmm. you make sure we've got hold of that email address and we are wanting to keep in touch with the guests that way Perfect. So if we're talking about technology, how important is technology when diversifying marketing efforts in the way that we've just been talking about? Um, of course, if you've got multiple properties, ha- tell us how a channel manager can help, especially for people who really haven't gone any further than, say, one or two of the big listing sites. How, ca- how can mm-hmm. technology help from here on in?
1: So I think technology is the one thing that can either make it easy for you to get to your aim, or the lack of it can really stop you from getting anything at all. Um, And unfortunately, there's not that many options out there that really help you to do what you need to do to get the direct bookings, and um, the highest probability of that happening, basically. So um, I think it's important to really spend time looking at what tech you'll be using to set up your site. Um, There's a lot of options out there, and obviously each one has its own um, advantages and disadvantages. Uh, but I guess some things to bear in mind is you, you have to think of the future of your business. So, for example, if you're considering expanding your business to multiple properties or multiple cities or multiple countries, you, know, you need to ensure that the system you're using um, will be able to support that in the future. Um, and that if you're using a channel manager, a property management system that provides a booking engine, um, you know, how are you capturing the guest data for people who are coming from other OTAs? Are you really getting the email address? Are you getting the GDPR-compliant marketing consent automatically um, through your booking confirmation process? And you know, how are you storing that? Because you don't want to be moving two years down the line and then realize that actually I can't export my data that I've got stuck in here. So I, those are just questions to bear in mind from the start. Um, and I think, you know, the price tag is something you'd leave to the very end once you've made sure what your requirements are and whether those requirements are met um, by the tech provider. And of course, there's a lot of free options out there as well that we can talk about later perhaps.
0: Yeah, most definitely. And so so really one of your key pieces of, of advice when choosing technology is something that works for now, but not just for now, something that works for the something growth that you proof. want to see. Yeah, something that's yeah. future-proof. Perfect, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so so technology now can be more than just a channel manager. I say just a channel manager, channel managers are yeah. amazing. <laughs> because of course they, they will link you through to multiple. Different sites without you having to, listing sites without you having to continually up, update your calendar. What other ways can technology help around, say, managing cleaning teams, check ins, mm-hmm. check outs? Because, of course, these are all going to be very, very prevalent moving forward, or so certainly front and a front of mind for, for guests traveling.
1: Sure. So, maybe just to give a brief introduction to channel managers in case someone hasn't heard of them. Great idea. And I guess the the term channel manager itself has become a bit of a catch-all for various bits of tech that are linked to shorter mental businesses. Um, So traditionally, you have a property management system, um, which is basically the central database or central reservation system, as some people call it. You've got your main calendar with all the bookings in, and then that will link to channel manager, which is basically a bridge that connects your property management system to the various listing sites. And then one of those listing sites is obviously your own website, direct booking website. So a lot of the PMSs or the channel managers will have a link to your direct booking website, and that is called the booking engine. Um, So these three different parts are morphing more and more into one. um, And different providers are actually offering different things and calling themselves a channel manager in most cases. Um, And I think that's just to simplify it for Uh, the end user, what it is that they offer. Um, And in most cases, well in many cases, channel managers have now started having some property management system capabilities, and in many cases they offer a booking engine as well. So um, I guess it's a question of which of these three we're talking about. So now I think your question relates more to the property management system, um, or property management software, which usually goes by the abbreviation of PMS. Absolutely. Sorry. And so that is where all the back end automation happens in the day-to-day running of your business. So there's things like, uh, as you mentioned, housekeeping, for example. So um, there's not many systems that do it the way you want it done, but there are a few out there that will help you um, automatically create tasks, for example, based on checkout or mid-stay in case they're longer stays, and then ensuring that that gets pushed to mobile app for the housekeepers. The housekeepers can clock in so you can track their location, you can track the timing. You can get them to upload pictures of the clean without being able to recycle pictures of previous cleans that they might have, like happens on WhatsApp a lot of the time. Um, you know, report maintenance cool. issues and then have those maintenance issues feed into the same system. And then you obviously need to deal with maintenance issues. So I guess, you know, how do you deal with maintenance issues? Allocating them to a handyman or whoever it is that you're working with, then being able to see the access details to the property, get in, fix the issue, report back, keep you informed, keep the owner informed. So that's the sort of thing the property management system can help you do um, in the very advanced stages. Obviously not all the systems out there are able to offer that. Um, then there's a lot of, of the accounting and the financials, you know, linking in with your bookkeeping system like Xero or with QuickBooks. Yeah. Um, automating payments, um, automating security deposits, being able to give you, you know, a custom timeline of capturing, pre-authorizing basically uh, um, funds from a card before arrival, making sure that they're kept until after departure, allowing you to charge on that deposit if there's any issues during your stay. Um, so all those are different aspects of what a property management system can offer um, in terms of tech being able to support your business. And I guess Yes, you're spending some extra money on software, but you're reducing your human error. You're reducing your staffing costs, and um, overall, you should be optimizing the profits in your business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's optimizing, isn't it? So even as you say, you might be spending a little more on that technology. That what mm. that technology is going to do is speed up your day-to-day processes, make things a lot smoother, and and overall potentially cut costs really moving forward so so it's you know if you're going for to use technology you've you've really got to make sure as you said that it's going to do what you want it to do not just now but in the future as well so we've looked at channel manager we've looked at the property management side of things and then we want to talk about actually keeping in touch with the customer the sort of customer relationship side can Mm -hmm. you talk a little about that as well
1: sure um, so I guess that starts really at the point that the booking comes in. So the booking could be coming in from an OTA, um, online travel agent/ aggregator, or a listing site like Airbnb or HomeAway, um, or it could be coming through your own website. And I think there's slightly different um, ways of dealing with that. So um, firstly, if someone books through your own direct booking website, you need to make sure that um, besides there being advantages to them booking with you direct, the process is simpler than booking on an online travel agent. It's not no good. Having uh, five or ten different steps that someone has to go through, and you know, requesting all the information upfront for them to even be able to place a booking. Um, you know, you need to make sure that within two or three clicks, they've put their name and an email address or something like that. And you just capture a reservation because that's what they can do on booking.com you know they can book without even giving card details so why would they book with you if they have to give the card details at the point of booking so you all you want to do is make sure that you're capturing that lead with a reservation blocking your calendar off updating all the sites and then after that you can start interacting with that guest and i guess at that point the interaction becomes similar whether the booking came from an ota or your website the only difference being if they don't book through your website in almost Uh, you never basically get their real email address because every middleman wants to safeguard their treasure, which is um, their client, which is basically the guest, bringing the money, and they hide the contact details. You know, they'll give you a forwarding email address. In some cases, they'll even give you a forwarding phone number so you can actually not get in touch with the guest after they stay. And this is, again, future-proofing, you know, what you're paying the commission on. So once you've paid the commission, you want to make sure that that guest is your guest and stays your guest and books with you in the future. So just capturing that information from that point um, is crucial to you. And then you also need to think about the guest experience. So it should be um, something that is simple and feels reliable and trustworthy to the guest. um, And they get the information that they need at the right point. Um, So, you know, you want to make sure that right as the booking comes in, they'll get a ping back saying, you know, um, here are the details of your bookings, or this is what we require for you to confirm your booking. In some cases, you could require um, you know, additional payments if the channel has not connected the payment. Um, you could be um, asking for a secure deposit, you could be asking for terms and conditions to be signed, you could be asking for ID to be submitted. And you don't want to give the impression to the guests that just by placing a reservation on booking.com they'll be able to access your property. So you want them to be very clear for them what steps they have to take for you to grant them access to your property. Um, And I think that is something that has to be done from point A to set the record straight. You know, these are our expectations. And then allow them to do that again through some sort of tech. You could use um, one system where you could try and mix together various um, pieces of software to get whatever steps it is that you're required to do. Um, And then again, you know, there's details around there like making it easy for them to download an invoice right at the point of payment so they don't chase you afterwards and you have to send that that up, miss your time again, Um, or um, clarifying with the steer deposit at what point you'll actually be pre-authorizing the funds, um, and how long it'll take for them to get it back so they don't chase you three days after checkout saying, I haven't got my funds yet. You know, the international card could take up to 14 working days. Um, So it's just, I think, putting that information to the guests at the right point, um, making sure they get a house manual at the right point, um, making sure you make it clear how the check-in is going to work. Um, but whether someone who will meet them there or if it's a self-check-in with a tea safe at what point they'll get the code so that the expectation is there Um, this is what our system is whether they need to confirm their arrival to you an hour before they're there so you can send a staff member out to uh, welcome them to the property so it's just what information you provide and what point you provide it up has to be spot on i think
0: yeah absolutely it's, it's managing expectations isn't it and yeah. making sure that through that management of expectation you're then offering what becomes a memorable and very smooth process so so yeah there's so many things that technology can do I mean just the things that you've described today that can really be done with technology the things that can you you can take out of your head and it just removes that mental bandwidth or actually physically having to take those steps yourself I mean it is absolutely huge what can be done now I also think moving forward to post coronavirus that this level of technology and the ability to give that hands-off check-in is going to be huge because I do feel that at least for a couple of years, there's going to be a lot of focus on cleanliness, cleanliness protocols mm-hmm. and hands-off, just person to person to contact is, is a lot reduced. Do you, do you feel the same about the, the, the future for the next couple of years or do you think it might be less than that? What are your feelings?
1: Um, I think it is in human nature to forget fairly quickly. So I'm not sure if, it, if we're going to hit the couple of years, but I think definitely for um, the foreseeable future, you know, till the end of the year, depending on how long things go on, it could be that, we, you know, we have rounds two and three of coronavirus. So perhaps, you know, one year, a year and a half, two years, I don't think is unreasonable. Um, I, I would doubt whether in three years people will still be as careful. But I, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But in, in any case, I think what is... Um, beneficial for a large section of the alternative hospitality industry, by which I mean self-catering basically, um, is that they are self-catering and that there is minimal to no interaction with um, staff or the hosts. So as you say, I think we will see, uh, you know, self-check-ins being prepared to meet and greets on both sides of the equation. Obviously the costs are also brought down, but then you need to make sure to have the right systems in place, which usually means the right tech in place, to set those expectations right and provide the right information at the right time, so definitely I think we will see um, an increase in the use of remote check-in um, software and also probably hardware um, you know more smart uh, key collection systems. Um, ID collection systems, uh, mm-hmm. more apps from different channel managers and PMSs trying to help with that process.
0: Yeah, quite. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're spot on with that. That's a really good point you made, actually, that we forget quite easily, don't we? So, yes, we hopefully we might move on quite quickly once we're on the other side of this, whenever that is. Yeah, good point. <laughs> so, where do you feel the future is for our industry in terms of? The length of bookings, because I know that many of the actual, the OTAs, the channel managers, are talking about a push towards the longer term lettings, so the two, three, four weeks, rather than two, three night breaks or the week breaks, and also something that was big just before this or was getting big was experiences on the ground and a lot of OTAs have started to develop a section for an experience mm-hmm. do you think experience and accommodation packages are going to become big is there going to be more of a focus on that or is it going to be more longer term lettings what what do you what do you feel is going to to happen or is is things just going to Everyone's going to forget (laughs) and just pop back to how we were.
1: Well, I don't think we're going to pop back to how we were. And we need to bear in mind there's a lot of factors that will influence travel and hospitality and tourism. One of them being that people won't have as much spare cash to spend. So, um, you know, experiences, I think, will be at the bottom of the ladder in terms of, at the top of the ladder, rather, in terms of stuff that people will spend money on. So say you want want to go to beautiful Yorkshire, um, you want to go to the Lake District. OK, you need to pay for your transport to get there. Then you need to pay for a place to stay and for food to eat. Um, the way of minimizing that is going self-catering. And then um, do you have spare cash at that point to spend on an experience? Uh, the answer is probably if you're tight on cash, you won't have money for an experience. Um, so if the economy were to grow and develop and people were to have spare money for that, then of course, you know, with the advent of tech, it's nice to experience new things. It's, people want to find out you know, how locals live and so on. It might be that the hosts themselves will have to start providing experiences, and that could be something that can be provided as a way of encouraging direct bookings. You know, book direct and get this experience for free. I don't know whether experiences on their own with a price tag will be something that we'll be able to monetize that easily in the near future.
0: Hmm. Yeah, But surely at some point way. in the
1: future, it'll come back
0: yeah yeah very interesting point because because although there's going to be potentially less availability because a lot of this year's bookings have potentially been shifted to next year's bookings for 2021 it it, it could be as you say that everybody's not got as much money so even if there is less P, less availability it's not necessary that the prices are actually going to go up for that let you know to, to allow for that lesser availability because Owners might think, well, I'm not going to put my prices up even though I've not got many weeks left because people don't have money to travel. There's so many different elements, aren't there, to to consider.
1: And I think it's just so uncertain at the moment with the way that different countries are developing in terms of the um, growth curve of the cases and um, those who pass away due to the virus. That Mm. It's just way too early to try and uh, want to say what's going to happen. You know, so much will depend on when the lockdown ends, when borders open. Um, and yes, we're hearing that there'll be more uh, national travel than rather than international travel. Um, but I think even there, yes, staycations. People are saying staycations will will start to boom. Um, I also think we need to bear in mind that it, there'll be a limited market um, there. Of course, in the in the case of a country like the UK, uh, we can be more hopeful because UK is you know, a large spender on international travel, so that money will be. Um, diverted to national travel but i don't know whether every country say for example you know if you're talking about um italy or spain where a lot of the inbound tourism is what supports hosts Um, and of course there's money being spent by locals as well in italy and elsewhere Um, but with the economy already being in a difficult condition in, in various countries i'm not quite sure how sustainable the whole world economy will be and able to uh, of of providing enough business for all the hospitality providers that we're out there.
0: For. Yeah, most definitely. There's uh, there's so many elements to to consider and things are changing so quickly. But thank you for for sharing your insight and and ideas around what may happen in the next few weeks to months as we come out of this uh, coronavirus lockdown. Thank you. Now Let's move on to looking at what owners are doing at the moment. How are our industry is actually playing a role in the fight against coronavirus? And I I know that you as a company, ZVU, have created something called Here to Help. Can you tell us all about that, please?
1: Sure. Um, So we uh, we were just launching our product in late March um, when the whole virus was really hitting Europe, you know, and countries were starting to talk about locking down and so on. Um, so our team just uh, tried to brainstorm to see how it was that we could assist um, our partner hosts and other hosts as well in, in coping with this. Uh, obviously, hosts in general are running a business, right? So either they have a mortgage to cover or they've got um, rents to pay, they've got staff, um, staffing costs. And uh, it wasn't looking like there would be much help from the government at that point. Um, so we thought that if we could uh, provide a key worker booking platform that worked um, in a very similar way to Airbnb um, but where hosts had more control um, where the hosts would have to promote the site themselves rather than you know paying for the site to be promoted through a commission, um, that could be something that would help both hosts and um, key workers or other potential guests. I'm not talking about tourism guests, but the ones who really have a need for a short-term Real accommodation needs. to connect. Um, so yeah, that was the idea why we launched here to help. And uh, really the interest in it was uh, huge and it grew. it's still growing quite fast. And then obviously with um, the booking platforms, the main ones with Airbnb and Booking.com, um, shutting down in various countries um, yep. during lockdowns or restricting uh, the number of people or the clientele that can book um, and, and passing them. So for example, in Airbnb's case, passing people through a bottleneck. Um, and that bottleneck having to be vetted by their own staff who obviously now have been reduced by 25%. So that will be even slower. Um, and just, I think the press that they've received around shutting down does not really encourage even a key worker to go and look on Airbnb anymore. Booking.com not having the tech to vet people, so just shutting down all properties in the UK until the ninth of May which my feeling is probably gonna get extended even further. Let's wait another few days and see what happens. Um, But um, yeah, I think all of that has led to feeling amongst hosts that there needs to be an alternative. And luckily the tech that we have developed uh, consisted of this decentralized vetting process, which basically means that every host is able to vet their own guests and ensure that they meet the government guidelines in terms of who it is that they can actually host
0: excellent that is exceptional and what i think has really been apparent and just to big off our industry and the people in it is just the proactive and positive response that happens straight away people like you that created something like here to help individual owners going do you know what i'm just going to help whoever i can help in our local area and i've just found ways to network and share and you know look after the local people and it becomes a win-win situation you're you're helping yourself but of course you're helping the area and you're helping humanity <laughs> as well yeah. so I, I do think it's amazing that the way that people really have in our industry just gone yeah let's do something to help and here to help has been um, something really interesting how can um people watching today find out more about here to help and, and register if they're in a position to do so
1: um, so, just by going to here to helpdirect um, and clicking on host sign up, uh, they can get started immediately by just uploading the property details, and that will go straight into the system.
0: Amazing. Super interesting. Thank you. Okay, cool. What is the best way for them to get in touch with you at Zivu? Uh,
1: so, they just go to zivu.com. Um We have a lot of information around the features that we offer, and we've got a partner engagement um, team who are available over live chat, um, or you can book a... a demo and have a screen share with a member of our team who'll show you around and answer any questions you have.
0: Perfect, great stuff. All right, it's been a real pleasure to meet you and to find out more about Zivu and here to help in particular, I think it's been is absolutely superb. And. to to hear your advice around how to navigate the world of technology in the short-stay industry is uh, is superb. So thank you very much for taking the time to chat to us today.
1: You're very welcome. All
0: right. (laughs) We'll see you soon. Cheers. Bye for now.
1: Thank you.